How are you this morning? How are you this morning? Okay, okay. I, I, I wasn't sure what I was hearing. Um, but, but I'm glad I was hearing that you're awesome. Wonderful. Um, before we get started, um, I, I, I just want you to know something. I, I want to uh, uh, announce here that uh, how much I appreciate you. Couples, young people, but I am especially appreciative about the people that I call my heroes. Single mothers are just heroes. They have to be a father and a mother at the same time. They have to take care of the kids. They don't have always an emotional counterpart that they can lean on and never mind the physical help in the house and so on and so forth. I just want you to know, single moms, that I appreciate you and I, I really uh, hold you on high standing. Uh, high standing. Anyways. Amen. <laughs> I gave myself my, an amen. How was that? <laughs> yeah. The Lord is good, eh? So, we're back in uh, the book of Philippians, and we're going to hopefully finish it today. Hopefully. I, I don't make any promises. Because I want to go back to verse 4, and then focus in on verses 6 through through that, to, to where we're going to go through, through 9 uh, uh, a little bit because it is such an important passage of Scripture that you cannot just... I won't do the whole message on that. I just want to touch on it again because it is crucially important because so many people, Christian folks I'm talking, struggle in the issue, in the, in the, the arena, the area of anxiety. Um, So uh, let's go to verse 4 and read a little bit, and I'll just give a comment here and there, and and, and then see where we stop and park a little bit before we go on. The the rest of the chapter, verses 10 through 21, 23, whatever it is, um, 23, there are a, a, a few highlights there that need attention in the way that it teaches us lessons. Some of the rest of the stuff is important because it is scripture, but there's no, no necessarily lessons in there or doctrine in there. It just basically gives you some history as to what is taking place, and this one sends greetings, and so on and so forth. So, uh, some of this is historical, yes? Okay. Some of it is doctrinal. Some of it has to do with things that the Lord is asking us to do. Some of it ha- has to do with some of the things the Lord is asking us to believe. Some of it gives us a, a historical sequence of how, when things happen. So they are verifiably by people that want to do history if they want to. Uh, some of them have not been discovered yet. But I believe that science will prove that the scriptures are 100% right, ultimately. They are not 100% right, ultimately. Science will prove, ultimately that they're 100% right. 
So verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I, I, I just want to bring to your attention that Paul, who was in prison, is talking about joy and rejoicing up to in times, it seems like. How can a man who was in prison speaking about rejoicing and joy so much? And I'm thinking, Paul got something that many Christians don't got. Forgive my English. He's got something because he is in prison, and I know many Christians who are not in prison. <laughs> you have to just pull teeth to get some joy out of them. Well, I mean, teeth, pulling teeth hurts, but you know what I'm saying. So rejoice in the Lord always. And needless to say, the reason for rejoicing is always in the Lord. It is not in your circumstances. It is in the Lord. That is how you rejoice. That's how Paul rejoices. That's how we should be rejoicing. Because I tell you what, if you look at your circumstances sometimes, there's no joy in that whatsoever. If anything, it will get you down. But in the Lord, yes, I'm rejoicing. Because he's above my circumstances. And by the way, I'm not under my circumstances either. I'm above them also. Uh, and again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be, be made known. Be known. It's actually, the better translation is to be, to be made known or to be shown. What it's saying over here, your gentleness, is that what it says over gentleness? Um, as I was explaining in the original language, it has more to do with the idea that a satisfaction of getting le- with getting less than you do. I'll say it again. A satisfaction. So, in other words, you are satisfied with it, with less than you are due. That is what that word means. Another translation would say, gentleness is a, is, is a translation. Forbearance is a translation. Um, uh, moderation is another translation. The King James uses the word moderation, some. And, uh, but, you know... It is difficult to describe the Greek uh, on every word. You'd get a book this thick. So, uh, when it says here moderation, it, this is what it means. A satisfaction with less than you do. And he says, rejoice in the Lord. I thought maybe somebody would start rejoicing in the Lord or something. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, 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 pastor, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm there. Uh, with less than you do. So, you have this coming to you. You get this. And you're satisfied. My dear brothers and sisters, that takes Holy Spirit. You're not going to do it in your flesh. In your flesh, you're going to be upset. But in the Lord, you can even rejoice about that. That happened to me one time at work. Um, uh, let me not make it too long a story. I'll just say this. In the tennis business, the way a tennis pro, a club pro, not a, not a playing pro who plays professionally for money, but a club pro who is a tennis pro at a club, a country club or whatever club, the, the way that works is he gets a small salary from the club. 
sort of like, sort of like a retainer, small. He can never live off of that by, by, by itself. Um, and then he, whatever he negotiates with the club, he gets usually all his lessons. He gets the deal that he makes with an assistant, he gets a portion of that. He gets ball machine income. It is his ball machine. He has to pay for the ball machine. It's right that he gets the income of it. Usually, the pros lose, lose money of it unless they know how to make it work for them. Uh, you have to be a little bit smart about that. Um, and you get all the leagues and all the tournaments. That's how it works. So, when new owners came in, and by the way, by the way, I have taught most of the teaching pros in town. I have taught them either the game or the business. Are you following me? And yet, I, was the low, I had the guy with the lowest uh, salary, that little salary that I was talking about. And, okay, that was my deal. I'll use my brains to make some more income in whatever way. And then they changed ownership, and then the new owners wanted part of that small salary that they gave me in the first place. I was leaving. Lord, I'm gone. No, you're staying right here. So I stayed. And I stayed joyfully. But the Holy Spirit had to arrest my attention. Because I wasn't happy. But when he arrested my attention, I was good to go. And you will be good to go. Be satisfied with less than you do. Let, you, let that, 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 that satisfaction, let it be made known, let it be shown to people. Because they are wondering if you're nuts. I mean, they wanting, I mean, they want you to pay them to be the pro over there? Are you crazy, Kenny? What is in you? Well, I thought you'd never ask. The Son of God is in me, and, and with His power, I can do this and be happy about it. Okay, fine. Uh, the Lord is at hand. Yeah, <laughs> you can be happy about it only because the Lord is at hand. Let's go on. I, I cannot stop too long at any of these things. Verse 6. And here is where we want to spend a little bit of time where it says, My dear brothers and sisters, listen to the English. In the English is about as good as it comes in this scenario. Be anxious for nothing. Do you know anxious people? Yes. Are you anxious sometimes? It is, it is normal to be anxious sometimes. It is not normal to be always anxious. Then You know, you have to go before the Lord and, 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 and find out some things. Uh, but it is anxious to be, it is uh, normal to be anxious from time to time. But don't you want to reduce those occasions? I'm telling people, I am working on my first reaction. That is to say, when something happens, I don't want to have the unchrist-like reaction. And then I go home and, oh gosh, I blew it. I should have reacted another way. I go back and I apologize and I fall over myself and blah, 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 blah. And, 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 and I restore the, the, the situation or the, or the, or the uh, relationship. Uh, I'm working on my first reaction. That my first reaction, boom, right out of the chute, is Christ-like. That's what I'm working on. The Lord help me. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing. 
but. I like the word but. You know, it's one of my favorite words because usually it's a connecting word, but usually the part before the but and the part after the but, the but, they are usually they are contrary to one another a little bit. One says this, the other one says this. This has, this has the negative, but this has the positive. This has the positive, but this has the negative, and so on and so forth. So, but here it says, uh, be anxious for nothing. Then it gives us the little bird thing. But on the contrary, don't be anxious, but on the contrary, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, By prayer and supplication. Prayer means, uh, 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 in this scenario, it means a sort of like a devotedness to the Lord. And supplication means um, uh, the idea of um, face-to-face with the Lord type thing. Uh, and then with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto the Lord. And then the promise. So we have a problem. Be anxious for nothing. We have a problem of anxiety. Then he gives us the cure, the solution. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the solution. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will guard or will keep your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I was explaining what it means to keep or to guard, it is like a goalkeeper in soccer who guards, who guards the goal. So that the shots of the enemy, oh, in this scenario, of, of course, it's not an enemy, but the opposing team, but in the spiritual realm, it's an enemy. So that the, the shots of the enemy, that the peace of God will guard your hearts and your mind. They won't get you. They won't get you. They won't get you down. They won't get you flustered. They won't get you uh, kaputi. They won't get you uh, uh, messed up. You, you are in the Lord, and there is no anxiety necessary because you have brought it to him. And his peace, which is contrary to anxiety, right? They are completely opposite deals. The anxiety and the peace of God. And it's such a remarkable thing, my brothers and sisters. I'm parking on this a little bit because there's such a problem in the, in, in, and not only don't I want you to be anxious, I want you to have tools to help other people also that are anxious to give them the cure. There are lots of people over there. If you could sell, if you could make money on anxiety, you would be one millionaire. All over the place. Christian folks. But maybe they don't know the cure. Maybe they haven't been taught. Maybe they haven't read the scriptures. I don't know what the, prob- what the problem is. But I know lots of people. Lots of people. And they get anxious over like nothing. Uh and, 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 and like I said, when, when I talk about anxiety, this is not a condemnation or a judgment on anybody. I am deeply committed and deeply interested 
in keeping people from getting anxious. Is that a good cause? Keeping people from getting anxious because anxiety leads to all kinds of other crazy things. Yes? I mean, uh, trouble in the home, trouble with the children, trouble with your neighbors, trouble at work, trouble in traffic, all over the place. Anxious people. And this is the solution. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding. How can you be so calm? I don't understand it. No, you can't understand it. <laughs> it passes all understanding, this thing, the peace of God. And it will guard and protect and keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anyways, don't, don't be anxious about that. But be enthusiastic about it. And the peace of God which passes on. Okay. And verse 8 says this. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are, I have to look, pure or lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. So, there is another part of the solution here that Paul is giving us. He says, don't think about all kinds of crazy things. Don't let your mind take you in crazy directions. In directions that are going to get you anxious. In directions that are going to get you upset. In directions that are going to make you doubt. In directions that cause Trouble in relationships. He says, don't think on those things. Don't let your mind go there. And by the way, you have a carnal mind. Yes? You are made of flesh. You have a carnal mind. And your mind will take it there all by itself. You don't have to do any gymnastics for it. If you don't direct it, it will take you to crazy places. And my dear brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that most evil happens, starts right here between the ears. Your mind is going someplace, and you're not controlling it. Somebody listening to the cowboy game over there? Hey, what's the score? I mean, <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> so that is, that is what I'm talking about today, brothers and sisters. Before we go on. Uh, and then verse 9 says this other wonderful thing. That it says, that, and the things which you have learned, received, heard, and saw in me. There is, there is, a, there is, a, 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 there is an item that Paul is mentioning over there that brings credibility to what he is saying. Because he's not just saying, hey, do this, this, and this, and this, and this. He says, do the things that you have seen in me, among other things. You've learned, you've received, you've heard, and you've seen it in me. He says, do these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So what a solution. You'll have the peace of God and the God of peace. Is there a problema? Yes. <laughs> There's a problema. <laughs> Bro, we have to talk afterwards. 
Okay, how about verse 10 first? Can we do verse 10? That is going to lead us. But I rejoice in the Lord. Now we're starting with the, the new message. Greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. So he's talking to the Philippians over here. He, he's saying, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. Now that your care for me has flourished again, it has spawned into activity. I know that you cared for me, but you didn't have opportunity to share. But now then it has spawned into an activity that you're getting to share with me. And I rejoice in that. And in a little while we find out that, uh, that earlier in, a, in an other ministry, that uh, before he left Mesopotamia, uh, Macedonia, Macedonia, then uh, that the Philippians had also re, uh, 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 supported him. We'll get there in just a little bit. Rejoiced. Verse 11. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. So, he says, it is not I rejoice that you, um, I rejoice that your interest in supporting me has spawned into activity. I rejoice in that. But it is not that I'm asking for anything. It is that I've learned that in whatever state I am, to be content. Now, that's, that's a huge lesson, right? That you have learned that in whatever state you are, to be content. Um, to be a person who is content. No, no, no. He's not talking about being content when everything is going fine and wonderful. He is talking about being content in whatever state he is, in whatever circumstance, in whatever condition he finds the circumstances, the things that are surrounding him, the people that are surrounding him. He says, I have learned. It was a process. Uh, 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 Really, the translation should be, I have come to learn. It was a process for him. He has come to learn because one of the things that he had to overcome was that he grew up in a fairly affluent uh, 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 circumstance. And so he had what he needed, and then some. But now he finds himself on the other side of the coin uh, with nothing, so to speak. Uh, Material, anyways. Uh, And he says, I've learned, I've come to learn to be content in whatever circumstance I find myself. Now, this, this, brothers and sisters, is what something that we need to grab hold of, to be content in whatever circumstance you find yourself. So, l- let me ask you this. If you find yourself in a circumstance that you could do something about to be a little bit better off, you would do it, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you do it? Wouldn't you do it? If you had the control, if you could do it, and you find yourself being, having not much, but you could do something to get a little bit more, wouldn't you do it? Just, I mean, I'm just in general. This is not a trick question. Just in general. Uh, uh, you're thinking about spiritual. But some people, you know, they, they make a little bit of money month to month. Month to month. The check is 
there is as much month as there is check. In simple instances, there's more month than there is check. And if you could do something about having a little bit more check, wouldn't you do it? Of course you would do it. So, but if you have a lot of check versus month, then you would be content, wouldn't you? If then you're not content, I'm sorry. (laughs) We need to talk. We need to go and pray for a week or so. Fast and pray. Because if then you're not content, I'm wondering, what will make you content? Because then I'm thinking, you're not in the spiritual realm anymore. You're now in the fleshly realm because the flesh is never content. So, yes. Say it again. Yeah, well, yeah. Serenity prayer, whatever prayer. Prayer to the Father that, uh, that he'll help you with it. That's, that's what Paul is saying earlier, you know, concerning the anxiety. And anxiety and contentment are related uh, in, in an opposite way. Uh, so, but he is saying over here that in whatever circumstance he finds himself, he's content. That's what he has learned. Wouldn't that be something good to learn? Because I'll tell you one thing, that if you are discontent, you are not good for anybody. Is that a fair statement? If you're walking around around through life discontent, you are not good for anybody. I don't think people want to see you. I don't think people want to be around you. Oh, he's discontent. Always. So, that's what he's saying. That's why I say the, the, the anxiety or the peace and contentment, they, they go sort of together. Verse 12. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. I know how to be humbled, and I know how to abound and have plenty. Like I was saying, he grew up in a sort of an affluent circumstance. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Okay, so that's very clear, right? Uh, He has learned that to do with little, and he has learned to do with extra. And he says that he has learned in either way, in either circumstance, to be content. Um, verse 13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me this is probably one of the verses in the scriptures that is used out of context misused abused whatever I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the Amplified Bible's version because that is, is more true to the original language and the intent of Paul than is the King James. What verse is that? 13. This is what, and I'm, I'm going to go slow and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat it so that uh, this is the Amplified Bible. So if you have an Amplified Bible at home, you can go find it and, and it, is, it is more revealing than the King James gives us. And I can do all things which he has called me to 
through him who strengthens and empowers me. To fulfill his purpose, I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. He would never brag on self-sufficiency. He is self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So call it, you could, he could say, I'm sufficient in Christ's sufficiency, but okay, they're making self-sufficient, but it's obviously not self-sufficiency. It is the sufficiency in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. I'll say it again. I can do all things which he has called me to through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I'm self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. So the thing that is always abused is that I can do all things through Christ. No, he is clarifying all things which he has called me to. He doesn't want you to do all things. He wants you to do some things. But all those things that he's calling you to, you can do it because he will infuse the power and the strength to you. Verse 14. Even so, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. So, you have to sort of read what is going on, right? He's saying, hey, you, your care for me has spawned into activity that finally you send me some support. Then he goes into an exercise of, but I've learned to be content in everything, blah, 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 blah. Uh, 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 sometimes I have much, sometimes little. I have little and then I have extra. And, and then he goes to, but even so, even though I've learned those things, even though I'm uh, uh, content with, in any circumstance, he says, but even so, or nevertheless, you have done well to send me help. That's where he said. So he had a little pause in there, Explaining some things. Uh, he's not asking for anything because he's learned some things. Blah, blah, blah. And then he says here, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. In my difficulty, you have done well to share with me and to send me some help. To help send me some, some, some support. Um, and I can so relate to this. You know that... Our church, I, I just used this for an example, that our church um, supports Donna Michelle Babin. Some in, in the congregation, you also support them personally besides your church. Uh, my ministry, the Coning Ministries, supports them also. We send some money. Remember Terry, Terry Little? He's not so little. He's Terry Little. His wife is Colleen Little. A little bit. He is Terry Little. And... Um, his church has recently also sent some support. And I, I want you to know how much Don and Michelle appreciate that. It brings me to tears sometimes because, you see, they are just living by faith. I mean, by faith. 
They have no other income coming than the support so that they can go and live with the Maasai three months, six months of the year, three months here, three months there, three months here, three months there. And then sometimes, as it would go, they're wondering, where's the money coming from? Bam. Then they get a check from one of y'all. They want to send somebody to Bible school. Boom, somebody sends them a check. Oh, my gosh, we're going to get some Daniel. We're going to send him to school, Bible school. We're trying to raise pastors over here. We don't want to send American pastors. We want to raise pastors in Maasai land. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. Because, you see, I talk to him often. So I know how he rejoices and when support comes in. He rejoices. This trip, when he went, he had just a small quantity of the little SD cards. Small quantity. A little bag. So we didn't have time and we didn't have a wherewithal to even raise the money for him. Boom! It came in. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So though he couldn't do it this time, when he comes back in January, he'll be coming here sometime after, right after that, then we, he has already given me the money, but I can't do anything about it because I'm a rookie with computer stuff. So I'm telling Peter, 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 would you, would you call and, and check on the SD cards and what price we can get them for? Because now we have some money to buy a quantity of maybe 1,500 of these SD cards that he can give to the Maasai. And some of the warriors that are warriors uh, of the Maasai have come to know Jesus through an SD card. So can you just imagine how... Don and Michelle rejoice when support comes in. So, and I rejoice the way you support them and the way you support this church. Verse 15. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. When I left Macedonia early in my ministry, he says, only you Philippians, only you shared with me. There was a church in Thessalonica that was a wealthy church, and they didn't even give me anything for the work of the kingdom. He's not asking to buy a house. He's not asking to buy a car, chariot or whatever. Uh, He was asking for the ministry so that the ministry can can go on. But only... Only you Philippians gave it to me. Verse 16. For even in in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. So, that that is Paul's heart. And that should be any leader's heart. That he is not seeking, he is not looking for a gift per se. The thing that he is mostly interested in is the fruit that will be added to the account of the Philippians in heaven. Their heavenly account. So, he is saying, whatever I've been talking about, it is not about me so much. Though I appreciate your gift, and I appreciate the help. 
You follow what I'm saying? But he says, it is in my heart, it is more about you. That you do the right things before God so that your spiritual life will be in, in good order so you have fruit in your heavenly account. Praise the Lord. Then he goes on to say in 17. Oh, that's 17. No, that's and 18. Eighteen has a special. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things you sent for me. So, hey, you sent me a nice gift. I am full. Uh, And it was a sweet-smelling aroma. Your gift, ah, they didn't send them them aftershave lotion. This is, uh, uh, okay, this is, uh, spiritually speaking, Oh, how sweet an aroma is that. I remember when I first came to the United States. I went to, huh? On Dolphino. <laughs> Don't get me started on Dolphino. Um, my, my grandchildren think that I, was, I came to the United States on the, on the back of a dolphin. His name was Dolphino. I tell them bad night, you know, nighttime story. So, um, when I first was here, uh, I was close to my parents. I don't know if you ever have thought these things that you were their favorite son. I probably wasn't. I just thought I was. <laughs> So when I was here, uh, I, I missed my parents after one semester. And in the summertime, I was working, so I was making a little bit of money. So I wanted to call them as often as I could. Remember in the old days? You order a call from the operator. I want a call, please. Can you set one up for me? Then they set one up. Then they call you. So I was on the tennis court teaching to try to make some money. And then I ran to the pro shop. To, because otherwise, you don't want the operator to hang up, and then you have to start all over again. So I ran to the... Pro- <laughs> hey, mom and dad, I ordered three minutes, $14. $14. But to hear my parents' voice, oh, <laughs> just got to me. But to... <laughs> I'll try it again. But to hear my parents' voice was a sweet aroma to me. A sweet aroma to me. I was really close to my dad, although he didn't talk much. They called him Willem Willem the Silent. He didn't say much. But we were so close and so tight. I remember he was not a Christian. And on Sunday mornings, we would be in the living room listening to classical music together. Nobody could come in and disturb. This is classical music. You don't disturb classical music. And you don't stop in the middle of a piece. That's a no-no. If somebody wants to come in, they knock on That's, that's how it happened. My, I was just 
that's how you believed. Okay, so sorry. So I grew up with classical music. I love classical music. I love opera. I love Mozart. I love Beethoven. I love Bach, Haydn, Corellic, them. And so we spend a lot of time together, sort of in silence, but really loving the fellowship, if you can call it fellowship, just being together. Uh, so to hear his voice was like a lot to me. <laughs> I'm getting emotional again, so I'll I, I get off of this thing. Uh, and he says, it was a sweet and it was an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So he is comparing, he is making, uh, declaring their gifts and their support a sacrifice to God. Not just to him, but a sacrifice to God that was well-pleasing to God. And so it is, when you give to Don. Or to whatever cause. But you're familiar with Don, so I can use his as an example. So to make it a little bit more personal. When your gift to Don uh, is, you give it to the Lord. Through Don. So it's an offering, pleasing and acceptable to God. But that God would use it in Don's ministry. Uh, So, 19. What time is it? Okay. 19. Am I God? shall supply all you need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He is trying, this is what he's trying to tell them. This is another verse that's been abused. He is trying to tell them that, listen, that sacrifice that you have made before God to me, remember, when it came from, when Epaphroditus brought it, it made him full, not full in his stomach, but it was, in other words, it was a, uh, it was a gift uh, uh, with abundance. And he says, uh, listen, though you gave a sacrifice to me, this was not a, just a giving, this was a sacrifice. Though you gave a sacrifice to me, I want you to know you'll never be short. You'll never be short. Because God shall supply all your needs. And he won't do it according to my riches or your riches. He will do it according to his riches and glory. I'll tell you one story then. We'll, we'll do the next week. I will go through the whole of the book of Philippians quickly to get some highlights. So to remind you of, you know, where, how this constructed and so on and so forth. So we'll, if we don't, we won't finish uh, or I might, I might read it. I, I just want to tell you a story. You know that my, old, my oldest son and my middle one, the younger son, they are together in ministry in, in San Antonio. The older son is a senior pastor, and the middle, son, the middle one, who's a son, uh, uh, Nate, he is sort of like an associate pastor. And this was two years ago or three years ago when the church was just getting started. They had already raised enough support for Josh, that is to say, enough to, to be able to, to sustain, to, to live, uh, nothing extra, whatever, but at least enough, and, and that he was pleased with that. And then they were trying to get enough money raised for Nate to also come on board, because after all, he, 
I want to say that he probably did more work than Josh even. Well, I'm just saying he was the teacher, Josh was the teacher and the preacher, but Nate did, did all the physical work, setting up in the school, breaking down in the school, he was responsible for all that sort of stuff. Now he's, in, he's doing a ton of counseling with people. And if you hear the stories about counseling, it will flip your mind. So they were trying to get Nate on board. This takes money, right? So they are under the umbrella, just like we are under the umbrella of the Baptist. They are under the umbrella of Harvest. And there was a pastor who was in Kuala Lumpur who was killed by the Muslims. And there was a, a brother from the East Coast who felt called to take that, that pastor in Kuala Lumpur, his place, to, to continue the church over there. But it was going to take $7,000 for him to be able to go to Kuala Lumpur. Yes? Are you following me? But the pastor from the East, he didn't have the money. So when Joshua found out about this need... It was in his heart, he felt like God put it in his heart, that his church should pay for that. But before he was going to announce it to the church to ask for that, hey, you know, this is what you need to give because of the, of the, of the budget, for, to, for us to make budget. And, but I'm going to ask you to give double that because of the, the need, the $7,000 need for, uh, for the pastor who's going to fill in in Kuala Lumpur. So he's asking a meeting with Nate, his brother. And he says, this is the situation. Uh, let us pray. And they pray together. That because, so in other words, Nate's money is going to go. It's God's money, of course. You understand what I'm saying? But if you're not careful in your mind, if you, go, if you let your mind go thinking in these crazy places, then you think that's my money. That's money. Well, my money's going to give away to the guy to Kuala Lumpur. So they prayed together, and when they talked afterwards, they were glad to see that they were even more joyful then after prayer than they were before they prayed. Nate had no problem with it whatsoever. And he was joyful that this was even in Joshua's heart. But while they were praying, while they were praying, this thing went off. That was in Joshua's pocket. A cell phone. Bzz, bzz, bzz. But he was praying and he was talking with Nate. He didn't look at it. But after prayer, he looked at it. And he says, oh my gosh, Nate. This is from Charles Schwab. There is somebody who wants to give us $24,000 to the church. I forgot a crucial, a crucial part of the story. Because when Joshua called me to tell me this story, that they wanted to give $7,000 for the pastor to go to Kuala Lumpur, I interrupted him and I said, Oh, Josh, oh, oh, hallelujah. I want to tell you that in all my Christian life, in all my Christian life, I have never once, not even one time, be sorry that I was generous. Not one time. He says, oh, Dad, let me tell the rest of the story. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was a, the rest of the story. 
And then he told me the rest of the story, that he had prayed with Nate, and there was a joyfulness that came upon them. And then after prayer, then this is what happened. So when Paul says, (laughs) sorry about that. When Paul says that God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory, that is what he meant. That church, Philippians, I'm so grateful for your gift. And the gift that you sent with Epaphroditus is one of abundance and full. But I want you to know, you will never be short. Because our God will supply all your need. According to his riches and glory. So this is, this is just a, a teaching that we find in the book of Philippians. That is such a strong and powerful teaching that we need to grab hold of it. So I want you to know. Uh, in your lives. That when God calls on you to be generous with Paul, I'm saying that God shall supply. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Not my riches, but his riches. (laughs) The Lord is good. Isn't the Lord good? So, uh, this is where we find ourselves in, in the book of Philippians. We're almost at the end. So, next week, we'll start at the end. We'll read the last few verses. There's not, this is greetings and stuff like that. Not much, you know, not much uh, doctrine or anything like that, per se. Um, we, uh, we'll read them, and then we'll start from the beginning, and just boom, 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 go, go, go through it. And hit the highlights uh, that we have talked about and, um, and, and just, just remind you of them a little bit so that when you, when, you, when you hear a particular verse or you hear a particular thought or you hear a particular teaching that you can know that, okay, this came out of the book of Philippians. Uh, when somebody says, um, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Up. Philippians, 121. Uh, so, you, you know, you, but you don't even have to know 121. You just, okay, Philipp, ah, that, that sounds like Philippians. My God shall supply all near, ah, that sounds like Philippians. Uh, be anxious for another, oh, that sounds like Philippians. Okay, so that, it, you know, it always helps. Because don't you sometimes wonder, where is this scripture that talks about this and this? Hey, do you know where that scripture is? Then, you know, when it's when it about Philippians, then you know, okay, that must, it's in Philippians someplace. There's only four chapters, so you should be able to find it pretty easy. But you know it's in Philippians. You don't, you don't say, well, it's in the Bible. <laughs> okay, my dear brothers and sisters. The Lord is good. Let us stand and pray. <laughs>